like to build up all of the uh, all the anticipate. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. Let's say hypothetically that I don't know anything about fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like this instant eight-way man crush. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the fence. Yeah. The time we've been doing this podcast, I've never seen Uncle Buck perk up his, uh, his dolphin procreation. Like, you just flipped up out of your chair. Yeah, he just blew out his blow. What are you talking about? And that's pretty much my dream coming true is to actually meet you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm the humblest Shy guy I know. Humble. Work and uh, do trade shows in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You meet some pretty wild guys. You blew it! <laughs> I'm the worst PR person ever. Fire me. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're still down here in the Outfitter Hall. Listen, Keystone Valley Ranch is here, and they're from, I don't want to say it wrong, Shermansdale, PA. Shermansdale, yep. Ian, nice to meet you, boss. You too. How long have you guys been doing this? Where are you from? Uh, eight years. Eight years? Yep. What do you guys offer for the public? Uh, we have a hunting preserve there. Um, we specialize in uh, white-tailed deer from 120s all the way up to over 300. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Can you imagine that, Kyle? No, I can't. And it's in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, what? What, what is the size of the ranch? 200 acres. 200 acres? Yep. Uh, yeah. They, they got, um, you guys hunt rifles and archery or archery only up there? Any weapon. Yeah. Any weapon up yeah. there? Yeah, any weapon from usually middle of September till the end of January. And is that uh, your typical hunting season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and we, we also do like some exotic, some rams and stuff like that. So those you can hunt all year long. I got you. So when people come up, do they have to get a Pennsylvania hunting license too? No license. Is required, you know. That's you know, and I mean, a lot of guys will bring a bow if they can't get one with a bow, they can borrow a rifle. Sure, absolutely. And we're down here in row 5600 in the Outfitter Hall, guys. If they have any questions for you, you have a social media outlet, website. Yeah, we're on Facebook, and then we're also on uh, you know www.keystonevalley. I got you. So if somebody comes down and hunts with you guys, well. Where would they stay at? Is there lodging there? Yeah, we have a lodge right in the middle. Yeah, place it's got nine nine bedrooms or something like that, and it's real nice, sweet. And the price includes everything. That's meals, lodging, taking care of the deer. And what am I looking at here on the television? What kind of what kind of sheep are these? Uh, some Corsican rams we have ram. right there. Yeah, and is that's that's something also that you guys offer. Holy mackerel! Look at the look at the curls on him. Look how beautiful oh, wow. he is. Yeah, they were all full curl or better. Yeah, and these white tails here. There's four giant mounts, guys. If you can come down here in the Outfitter Hall and see Keystone Valley Ranch, you got some beautiful deer on your property. Thank you. Yeah, I come by, and we're trying to talk to most of the outfitters that we can get to that, you know, and these these four bucks just stopped me and went, oh, look. And then I saw Sherman's Dale PA, neighbors, I went, yep, they're the guys we want to <laughs> yep, talk to. Yeah. Right up the road. Absolute yep. free. You're driving. <laughs> no, you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> when you come down to the, when you guys come down to your ranch, is it like blinds hunts? Are you guys sitting in tree stands? We, we do a little bit of everything. We have box blinds. We have ladder stands. We do a little spot and stock, but that's tough. I mean, it, you know, anywhere that's tough. But, you know, we we do most blind hunts. Yeah. You know, and they're, some of them are on the ground. Some of them are up in the air a little bit. I got you. And I'm looking at the video in the background, guys. It does look just like our, our backyard, the Pennsylvania woods for sure. Yeah. That's, it's yeah. gorgeous in there. And look, that, look at that, Kyle, right there. Look at that. Yeah. He's got, he's got, a, he's got a buck in his sights. 
Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. No, I, I can totally see that, like, out back in my backyard, because we have woods that look just like it. It looks like just like my backyard, but I don't have bucks like that in yeah. my backyard. <laughs> That's what the fence is for. That yeah. keeps them in. Yeah. I tell you what, buddy, you got some beautiful white tails. Now, how long do guys typically come up for a hunt? Three-day hunt. Three-day hunt? Yep. Okay. And if you, like, I mean, if you're there three days and you don't see what you want, you don't get what you want, you come back, same price, no extras, okay. till you get it. Awesome. Thirty-five hundred square foot lodge, boy, it looks really nice, man. Yeah, you guys do a nice job. Looks like Catfish's house. Yeah, <laughs> it sure does, doesn't it? Even the couches match. That's right. I don't know. You might have more turkeys at your house than Catfish. Oh, we can fix that. We'll yeah. get down to see Ian. We'll bring him some turkey mounts. There you we go. Need yeah. some more room. Well, you, got, you just come up. We got turkeys in there too. Do you really? Oh yeah, they, yeah. Well, they fly in and out. But, oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's always some in there. Oh, I can't wait. I want to come go. check this out. At least come down to your ranch and check it out. Uh, maybe do a longer podcast with you guys, Ian. Yeah, yeah. sure. This is Keystone Valley Ranch, guys, and they're Shermansdale, PA. Definitely go check them out. You want to look up their website once again? It's www.keystonevalleyranch.com. Give them a shout, man. If you're in Pennsylvania, it's a place to be. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, sure. Bet. Thanks, Ian. All right, thanks. We are here in the Outfitter Hall at booth 5620 with Mr. George from Lake Douglas Outfitters. How you doing today? Oh, great. I mean, Uncle Buck, what, what do we have in front of us? This is epic because this is something that is on my bucket list here, guys, and, yeah. and, and in this specific locale as well. So, George, tell me, what do you do? I'm the guide for Lake Douglas Outfitters. Gotcha. And what do you guide? Moose and bear. Moose and bear. Moose and bear. Well, what's got me pretty fired up is, is moose hunting in Newfoundland. Yes. You, if, if you do a moose hunt in Newfoundland, you won't regret it. Uh, I hear a statistic, what is there, like five moose to every square mile? or It's something ridiculous in Newfoundland. Yeah, it's, there's, there's, there's a great number of moose in Newfoundland, and there's no question about that. Uh, only a, it's only a small island, and uh, I think it, it's somewhere in the vicinity of 120,000 to 140,000 moose. That tra- travel the island, and there's some. I mean, there's not Alaskan moose, but uh, there are certainly uh, big moose, some big moose. really big moose. Yes. And, and where there's moose, there's there's black bear, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. Our black bears are most beautiful black bears anywhere in, in the world. Now, are they the Bruins? They get that little white mark on their they chest. They do too. Oh, <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Oh, those are some big bears. What, These what, are big. what size? About 300, 400? That's an average bear. This one here was a little was a spring bear. That was a little over 400. Oh, great. Now, you run spring and fall bear hunts? Spring and fall, yes. Okay, and we're hunting moose in September? Uh, middle of September to the last of November. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, and, the and, one thing about Newfoundland for me is how do you get there? Well, can, can we fly directly to Newfoundland? Yes, you can fly into Gander. And I, I guess most, most people in, in the United States have certainly heard of Gander. Gander got an international airport. And okay. It's where the planes, your, your planes landed uh, during uh, September 11th. September 11th. Just on that fact, just to give some credit credit where and thanks to the, the good people of Newfoundland Thank and you. Gander, they put yeah. up a lot of Americans even in their homes, in their schools. Th- their world stopped as well that, that weekend. 
and then it, really took care of us. So I, I, I wouldn't say it stopped. I, I think that, that it just went. It, it had a great boom. It, it it did things for them for these people. They met new friends. Yeah. Made uh, friends for life. But you have to keep in mind some of these. They opened up their homes and lift and, and lift and went elsewhere and let the people, the Americans who they've never met before, yeah. stay in their homes. And what a spirit that is. <laughs> that and, is. And, and, to, and to tie that back into this great American outdoor show yes. and, and how we, we love, our podcast loves this show, George, because we we make lifetime friends here Absolutely. within the community. And that's and, great. And it's people we can see year after year. If I wanted to, can I can I book a combo hunt? Is that ever possible with bear and moose? Or is is that kind of a, a hard thing to catch? It's well, it's it's in your best interest to uh, to book a hunt that it's a combo hunt, but it's it's you buy the the, the bear tag after you kill your moose. Okay, because you you can just buy yeah. the tag, and the tag is four hundred dollars. And if you don't kill a bear, right, then you're only out the four hundred dollars. Right on. If I, you I, do if you do kill the bear, then you pay the extra five, which is the cost of the bear hunt. Okay. okay. So yeah. you it's a little bit to your advantage to to do it that way. Gotcha. And whereas if you book the the bear and moose combo. And if you don't get your moose till Friday, you haven't got time to and then get you're your out, bear. You're out that nine hundred dollars. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Now, Thank you. What yeah. what common accommodations do you have? We have a lodge that is second to none. It's more more of a hotel, motel type of yeah. building. It's 120 feet long by 30 odd feet wide. Okay. And it has everything into it, beautiful beds and that. So the the accommodations are excellent, okay. excellent accommodations. So you're not roughing it. No, you're not buying any. We, I tell you what, we we're probably a little bit unique that we have a lot of ladies that that travel with their husbands. Okay. They don't want to just come to to be there with their husbands during the hunt, you know, oh, gotcha. and they enjoy it, and they, they go out, in fact, my wife takes them to different locations, and other people take them to different locations to get make sure their their trip is enjoyable. Very good. Yep. We can find you, it's Lake Douglas Outfitters. Yes. Okay? Yep. You have a website? Yes, we do. It's lakedouglas.com. Yes. You can get a hold of you that way, you're at the show, Yes. and anything else you want to tell our listeners? Well, we're at the show every year, and uh, I have to say to our listeners that if, if you book a hunt with us, you will not be disappointed. Oh, great. Yeah, there's no question about that. You will be, your shot opportunity is great and uh, for moose and, and or black bear. So awesome. You will, you certainly be, it, it's enjoyable and, and rewarding. No question Very about it. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, George. Thank we you, George. Appreciate it. Welcome, he is in the Outfitter Hall at 5620. Thank New, you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, George. Reagan Wheelis. Hey, guys. We are here at Boulder Basin Outfitters, uh, booth 5715 in the Outfitter Hall. We're here with Carl, the owner. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys offer at Boulder Basin Outfitters? I mean, looking at the pictures, it's a quite the wide array right? of everything. Yeah, yeah we, um, we offer pretty much backcountry horse experiences in, in Wyoming. Uh, so, you know, June through uh, Labor Day, we're doing fly fishing trips, camping trips nice. uh, in the backcountry, the wilderness areas, like Jackson, the Cody, Cody the Jackson, do boys do long extended trips and then we offer hunting trips in September uh, through December for cool. elk, deer, all the big game species in Wyoming. Awesome. 
Now, um, if somebody, I know elk tags are quite difficult to get. If somebody wants to go hunting with you guys, how's that process work? Do they have to obtain the tags and everything on their own, and then they come to you? How I do that is, you know, they, they'll say, uh, for instance, I want to book a hunt in mm-hmm. 2019. Uh, in Wyoming, it requires preference points to, to have an opportunity to draw a tag. So okay. uh, right now, I think two preference points would be 100% draw in certain areas, and that one of my areas. So, you know, the hunter or client would uh, book with us, and then we have them get preference points. And then the year of their hunt, we help them do the license application and do the whole process to, okay. to make sure they get the right license yep. and everything works smoothly. So it's not a big deal then? Sounds it's not a big deal, no. straightforward. Yeah, Wyoming's pretty simple once you understand the yeah. the, the, the process of it. Okay. So. so it seems like what's unique to your service is you provide, this is all horseback, right? Yes. And so it's a camping, a tent camping. How, how does that work? Um, well, you know, we have a permit for okay. where we're allowed to camp. And so we're in a wilderness area. So you, in Wyoming, non-residents have to have a guide on the wilderness area. So okay. what we're providing is, you know, the whole sort of lodge experience out of a wall tent. That's so, awesome. Um, you know, when you pack in our camp, we have um, wall tents with cots and stoves in them. And then we got a no large dining tent. Wow. We have cooks and wranglers and, wow. and the whole works that, you know, cater to you and uh, make your experience the best possible. Wow. That's How many people typically can go on a hunt like that? I typically keep about six people, six clients okay. a week okay. in, in my camp. So. Wow. That's, uh, that's nice. So do you keep your camp set up? Uh, we Oh, we'll set it up set the 1st of September okay. uh, for hunting, and then we, uh, we'll tear it down about mid-November. Man, that, okay. that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, the areas that you're fun. hunting, is that uh, private land or is that public land? It's public land, okay. wilderness area. Man, awesome. And then uh, I see some pictures of mule deer here as well. You guys also guide for mule deer as well? We do. Yeah, we do that uh, in a little different area. We more a ranch-style hunt. We okay. stay at my house. We're still hunting forest and wilderness areas, yep. um, but we day hunt, so we go out hunt for the day and then return to a lodge at night. Awesome. And then the, the trout fishing trips, is that typically fly only or does can you bring your own spinning tackle or how does that typically work? Yeah, you can bring uh, your own spinning tackle. Um, it's not as easy in a lot of places to spin fish because okay. the, the streams are a lot faster. Yep. Uh, you know, we're an Orvis endorsed operation, so okay. we'll, we'll do the full, uh, teach you, you how to fly fish oh, wow. and oh, wow. um, do the whole works. And, and how long of a trip is a typical fly fishing uh, most fly fishermen are going to do a five or six day trip because okay. typically what you have is you'll have a day in uh, and a day out you know at the end of the trip yeah, and, sure. and then you'll have at least three or four days to relax uh, you know fish uh, we can take day trips from our camp to fish different waters or hike yep. or whatever okay well that, that sounds great yeah and I'll tell you and then the fishing side of things I guess they would just have to uh, obtain a fishing license how's that usually work is that like a seven day or limited day out-of-state license? Yeah, you can buy, um, I think, per day, okay. and then you can only, buy, and then you can buy on certain days. So okay. if you were um, not going to fish the first day, uh, then you could go and, you know, pick, I'm going to fish this day, this day, and this day, okay. and, and then write it out. And so. How long have you guys been coming to the show here? Uh, Ten years for me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I was here before, you know, when the other uh, organization. Before the NRA in. took over. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. That's great. Yeah, we're local. Uh, uh, we're all local here, so okay. yeah. well, I'm sure we've crossed paths once or twice before. Yeah, but absolutely. Uh, so, 
Back to the trout here real quick. <laughs> this, is, this is a beautiful picture of a trout. Is that a brown trout? No, that's a cutthroat. Yellow, that's a cutthroat trout. A Yellowstone native cutthroat. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We don't have cutthroat trout in, uh, really? in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful fish. Yeah, that's what, man, that is a beautiful fish. So, Carl, um, somebody wants to book a hunt. If they say they can't get down here to the show, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, probably the best way would be go to my website, boulderbasinoutfitters.com. Okay. Um, and then there's links on there to my email or my phone number. Uh, contact and they awesome. could call and get more information that way. Sounds um, good. Perfect. And I also have an, a website for my summer trips. It's uh, WyomingSummerPackTrips.com. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Carl. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, thanks for time. stopping by, guys. Our pleasure. Again, guys, that is Boulder Basin Outfitters. Thanks, right, Carl. Thank you. Hey, guys, we're back. We're down in the Outfitter Hall and we're with Okeechobee Outfitters. We're with KC. KC, yes, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Welcome aboard, bud. Listen, these guys are down here. Then I walk by, they have alligators. They got bobcats. They got pigs down here. They got hogs. But I mean, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the alligators. But they have wild boar, alligator hunts, Osceola turkeys, which is on my bucket list. They got largemouth bass fishing, which we've already known from being in Florida as some of the world class bass fishing. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I can even go on and on about the alligator hunt. But real quick, let's start with one of our passions up here. Tell me about bow fishing in Florida. Oh, bow fishing, shooting a lot of tilapia. We're uh, we're doing it out there airboats so people who've never been on the airboats absolutely love it yeah i mean oh wow yeah so we got yeah, the yeah. we're using the uh the lights uh sea lights yep, the sea yep. light bars yeah 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 okay. yep. and we're uh we're shooting probably we had one night we were hitting we 645 pounds of tilapia in three hours with three shooters wow I mean, so you're, we're filling coolers. Yeah. You're, you're shooting. Shoot. Yeah. And, yeah. And keeping Ben Gay in yeah. steady supply say. of customers. That's for sure. That much shooting. We need, to, we need to invent a bow that we can actually bow fish that much because, I don't know, that, if, that's a lot of shooting. If we go down there, I'm going to have to start working out and going to the gym, guys. Oh, no that. doubt. You'll wear out. Holy so you're, you're two hours south of Orlando. Is that right? Yes, sir. Two hours south of Orlando. We're 30 minutes from the town of Okeechobee, 25 minutes from the town of Sebring. I got you. Now, not taking a step back, but we're taking a giant leap forward. I'm here to talk about alligator hunting. I know you offer a lot of things as a guide service, but I specifically always wanted to go alligator hunting. Walk me through. I call you up. I say I want to go alligator hunting. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens? All right, so the alligator, September, October, we do it by the airboat or if you're doing a big gator. So you call me up. You say, hey, I want to kill a gator. September, you can roll in. We'll get you settled in the camp. We'll get your gun sighted in. We'll go do a hog hunt that evening. And then we'll come in, eat a big dinner. We do all wild game dinners. Get you in the camp. We're off the front porch. We our airboat. We blow right out of the side of the porch. Nice. You know, I mean, we go right out <laughs> on the river. And we, so we run dry ground for a little ways, and we'll hit the water. And then we start your hunt. Um, we use them with crossbows. Is what we're mainly doing. Crossbows, or you know, your the compound bow hunter. We have the arrow set up for that as well. Okay. And. Uh, so if you're saying, hey, I want to kill an eight-foot gator, that's what we're going to hunt for. We'll fall back on a seven-footer if we need to. But, so once we get you in the boat, I'll have you in front of me. I'm driving the airboat, and whoever beside you, you got your uh, line in the bucket. And so we start off, and we just, we'll just we see hundreds and hundreds of six-footers. I mean, you're seeing game the whole time, you know. So it's not so you're mounting your gun ready. You know, every two seconds we're checking gators. We find the right size gator. If he doesn't cooperate, he goes down. We'll work him. We know where he's at. So I'll act like I'm leaving, turn back around, he'll pop back up, he might go right back down. 
So we'll just keep That's on. Cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah, cat and mouse. So eventually he's going to get tired of going you know, back my down. Heart, my heart's yeah. racing, Casey. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm there, man. <laughs> yeah, so eventually he's going to get tired of going down. He's going to try to make a run for it. But when he makes that run, we slide up behind him, and boom, there's your shot. You shoot him with that crossbow. And as quick as you shoot him, you're setting, you know, you're handing off the crossbow and you're grabbing that line. And he's going to try to take you to the deepest, nastiest hole he could find. I'll take, take you to the hole. He's taking you to the hole. <laughs> 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 no, it's true, dude. It's it's been a, it's been a dream for for years. We've been coming to the Great American Outdoor Show, and I've seen Gator mounts here before. I walked by this one, dude. That Gator you have up front, the, the full life mounted Gator, right up front for all the people here to see. That's a mega bass in its mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like eight it's, pound bass in his mouth. Oh my goodness, yeah. eight. That's like a twelve. Yeah, he's, he was ten. He was ten pounds. Yep. Okay, so yep. oh, wow. <laughs> so what do we do with this Gator once we wrestle it in? Oh, so once we get well. Once you stop them from going to the hole, yep. you uh, will wear them out. It takes, you know, some gators it takes 20 minutes, some gators it takes 30 minutes. You know, some, you know, if they spine them, it's kind of a. Yep. He's, he's already, you know, toast. Yep. But yeah. So once you get them wore out, we'll get them up close to the boat and we'll bang stick them. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, load them up and hunt the next gator. If we kill our gator early, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we want to make a night of it. We go, we go ride. You know, we make it experience. We, we're all ride. about, yeah, we're all about the experience out there. You know, we'll cut off the motor in the middle of the marsh, let you hear the orchestra out there. It's just amazing. You know, that sound amazing. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's. it's we were down where we, we were just down in Florida, and we we got a chance to get down at night and walk out onto a a, a, a dock pier-like thing in the middle of the Everglades and hear some of that. Oh yeah. But we weren't out for we were to get the, it in, like, the, yeah. just, in the thick. In that we weren't. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Like we got to kind of hear the concert, but it was like I think you're you're yeah. not there. You want to be in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah once you cut off that motor in the middle of it, man, it's. So we can come down for a combo tilapia bow fishing, boar hunt. Hunt, alligator hunt and, and kind of do it all while we're down there. Yes, How absolutely. long is a typical, typical trip? What do you guys book with you for? Um, our, our gator package is uh, it's seventeen fifty. It's for you know two nights and three days of hunting. And they stay with you at, the, at a lodge. At a lodge, yes. We have we could, we could accommodate up to twenty two people. Of course, we don't pack out the camp like that. You know, we we space everybody sure, out. Absolutely. But yeah, so first night we'll get our gators killed. Second night you want to do some bow fishing. You know, if you haven't killed your hog yet, you know, during the daytime, I always make sure everybody gets their animals, you know. If I have to take you out and, you know, shine a hog or infant red, we got infant red with a night sight, you know, we do whatever it takes to get your animals. I don't know why we're not living in Florida. <laughs> and then we, and on the flip closer. side of that, we always say, I don't know why we're not living in Canada. So yeah, if you yeah. go north we're, or south, it seems to be amazing. I like the weather south. But, yeah. I mean, it's amazing around here. We're just used to it. Just saying it's different. Yeah. Like, we don't get the bowfish tilapia, hunt gators. We don't get to catch northern pike by the handfuls. It's just, uh, you know, it's one of them things, grass is greener on the other side. And yeah, it's always yeah. nicer to come home and, you know, lay in your own pasture. But yeah. I, I, traveling-wise, I think Florida's one of my top favorites so far. The trip last year. It was, was amazing. Yeah. And we hunt, yeah, I mean, year round. We have something to hunt year round. You know, it's that's what I love about the, it. The weather year round. I mean, you can yeah. fish year round, right? Yeah. You can bass you can fish year up. round down there. Yep. Do you have a, and I, it's, it's kind of just a fantasy thing, but do you have a, the pythons? And Yes, we do. We're actually, we're starting off for that this year. We got a guy that's a licensed trapper, and he's he's got, you know, he's got access.
access to every you know piece in the Everglades where we could get in there and start offering the python hunts. We heard some about that when we were in Florida that they they hunt levees and stuff. Yep, yep. Them. That's what that's what that guy does, and he specializes in. I mean, he does it every you know. I mean, he does it two nights a week. I think is what he averages. But I don't. I think we found our Florida outfitter, Mr. Casey's going <laughs> to. Yeah. We can do it all, Will, in one place. Yeah. Can, I mean, is that okay that we adopt you, bring you into our family? <laughs> yeah. Adopted. Yeah. 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 You're going to have seven, uh, seven, seven new best, best friends. <laughs> KC, buddy, thanks, man. I really hey, appreciate it. Appreciate, it. appreciate the time, buddy. Yes, so if, if somebody wants to get a hold of uh, Okeechobee Outfitters, where can they find you guys at? Um, you could go to guidedhunts.com. You know, we got a website there. Guided-hunting? Yeah. Yep. Guided-hunting.com. Okay, yeah. gotcha. You can text out there on the web. We have a Facebook page, Okeechobee Outfitters. You can contact the office. I got the numbers 863-655-2454. Gotcha. Get down here to the Outfitter Hall, guys. He's in 5600 now. And uh, check out KC. Tell him that Rutten River sent you. And uh, check out that bass that's in that full-size gator mount because it's <laughs> phenomenal. It won't disappoint. You know what I'm about to do. I'm, I'm about to get my picture of that. Um, I think I'm going to have to, too. Yeah, here, let's do it. Yeah. Appreciate it, Casey. Yes, sir. No problem. Thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. Rig'em wheelers. Hey, guys. We're in the Outfitter Hall. And uh, we're at Muddy Marsh Outfitters, booth 6131. And we're here with TJ. Yes. How you doing, TJ? All right. How are you? Great. Good. Great. How's it going, TJ? So, All right. TJ, you guys have a very unique experience not too far away from Harrisburg here. Right, right. And uh, we're, we're talking with TJ about the sick of deer. Right. So you tell us a little bit about these these guys. Well, they were introduced to Maryland in 1916. Supposedly a Clement Henry, I believe was his name, uh, got them from a circus. And then he kept them just for a little while, and then he released them onto James Island, which actually at the time was just a point. And from there they took off. And they're regulated by our Department of Natural Resources. We don't have any say or anything like that over them. Sure. Well, it's and they're really, really cool. They look like it, like just a, a, a smaller deer, and their horns go pretty much straight up off their head. Yeah. Actually, they're in the elk family. They are. Yeah. They, they whistle or bugle. They we do. call it a whistle. The, the does will chirp, bark. Well, they're genetically they're in the elk family. <laughs> Wow. These are, uh, there's, I think there's 13 existing subspecies of cicadier. Holy oh, wow. But these are uh, service Nippon Yakushima. They're from Yakushima Island off the coast of Japan. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, where exactly are you guys located in Maryland? On the eastern shore of Maryland, below Cambridge, Maryland, uh, Blackwater Refuge on down Golden Hill area. Yeah. That part of. Nice area. Yeah, yeah. So you're here booking guided trips, I guess, right? Yeah, right, right. And, and how does a typical hunt go with you guys? Well, it's just all we do is bow only. Okay. Archery. we got a two-day minimum, but most of the hunters are three days. You come down. It, that includes your accommodations. You know, you bring a bedroll, things for the shower, and then what food you want. Mm-hmm. Kitchen air, everything they need is right there. Okay. And then uh, we pretty much just take you out in the morning. We take you right to the stands, you know, and then in the evenings, we stay out to about 10 and then come back wow. and uh, go back out in the evenings. Oh, so you hunt basically twice a day? Yeah, morning and 
the evenings. That's cool. Middays, they slow down a lot. They're a little bit more, you know, a lot of people say they're nocturnal. Well, they're not as, no, they're a little, I always say if a, if a whitetail comes out at 530, he comes out 20 of. Yeah. You know, they aren't as nocturnal <laughs> as people say. Interesting. Yeah. And what's uh, the typical bow season run for It runs uh, around September 8th till January 31st. Okay. And then uh, there's a two-week, we take a two-week break during the gun season. We don't mess with the land. We just hang know, out. Them, yeah, let them, everybody run one to us. Cool. So, uh, the typical success rate down there is? We run right around 48% shots. No kidding. That ain't kills. I mean, that's yeah. shots taken. You know, that's all we can do. We yeah. can't kill them for you. That, you know? That's, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, about half. That's not bad. No, no. Wow. And these are, like Will said, these are very unique. I mean, I don't, is there any other any this other is, place in this area where you well, can hunt these? We did a research. It's been several years back with the Smithsonian Institute. Our DNR always thought these were just service nippon nippon. And since they were small, they just thought, and so few of them, they just thought that's the way they were. Then whenever the Smithsonian did the research, they found out that these weren't, they were service nippon Yakushima through uh, you know, DNA and just genetic testing yeah. and stuff on them. And they told us that this was the only known place in the world you can legally hunt this subspecies is Maryland, Virginia. There's some on Assateague Island in Virginia yeah. also. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, right in our backyard. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. How's the show been going for you guys? Good. Is good. It? Yeah, I can't That's complain. Good. We're we're booked up for the year. We've got a, we've got about a seventy percent repeat business, so we book up pretty quick. Wow. Yeah, yeah trying Wow. It's pretty active to try and get their, their yeah. sick of deer. How many uh, how many deer can one person take? You're allowed sure? one buck in one day. Okay. Is it difficult to get tags for that? No, no. You no. can buy it right over the counter. Okay. It's, it's with your non-resident hunt license. It coincides with our whitetail season, and it they don't count against your whitetail. Your don't. whitetail don't count against your sick of separate bag limits. Nice. Wow. Hmm. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Cool. All right, TJ, well, where can they find you if they're looking to book a hunt with you? You can go to muddymarsh.com or you can call 410-228-2770. That's awesome. awesome. Perfect. Thanks for taking the Thanks, time Thanks, TJ. With yeah, hey, thank no you, problem. TJ. No problem. Appreciate it. No, you're welcome. All right, we're back in the Outfitter Hall, booth 6336 with Toma Mountain Outfitters, and we got Joe with us. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing fine. All right, that's yeah. good. How's the show been so far? It's been going good. It's crazy in here today, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Lots of people coming around. Yeah, they are. Joe, where, where's Toma Mountain located at? It's 90 miles northeast of Bangor, Maine, around New Brunswick border there. Okay. Lodge is set right here. All right. And, and and what's the best way for people to come up? Do they do they like to drive up there? Well, some drive, some fly. We're 38 miles off of the interstate to camp off of 95, or they can fly into Bangor. Bangor, Maine? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, and what are the bear seasons? It's two seasons. Seasons in Maine, correct? Well, uh, we have a, only a fall season in Maine. Okay. It starts August 28th and goes to the end of October. The first four weeks we hunt with over bait. Then we hunt with hounds after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then I, in, in the spring we hunt New Brunswick, Canada, right across the line. Okay. All right. I, I knew yeah. that's yeah. right. I was getting things yeah. crossed. That's there. a nice long season, then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. We hunt seven weeks in the spring and about eight, nine weeks in wow. the fall. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's great. And what? What's an average bear for you guys up there? 
Well, we have a lot of small ones shot and a lot of big ones shot. Some people shoot the first thing comes in, but average you'd say 200, something like that. Okay, that's a good size yeah. fair then yeah. for an average. Yeah. 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 It says uh, it says you have a two bear option yeah. in the spring, and that's, that's, in, that's Canada, in New yeah. Brunswick. Yeah, you shoot your first bear, and it's seven hundred dollars extra to shoot your second bear. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, up in your parts, are we running into the Bruins with the with a nice white, white patch yeah. on them and yeah. everything? I, yeah. I know a lot of guys are yeah. really a big plus about, for them. We kill about four or five a year like that, and then we have uh, we killed two that was color phase last year. So. You did, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, what what are the hunts that you're selling here at the show today that you're booking? How many days? It's a five day hunt in Canada, six day hunt in Maine. How yeah, long was the, your hunt, Will, when you went up to Canada? Oh, I did a quick. I did a. You're in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. But uh, what's a typical bear hunt kind of scenario look like? It, what takes place? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bring the the guys into. Uh, guys get into camp. Um, what can they expect? Here's at least 350,000 acres in Maine in the fall. Oh, my. The lodge is right here. And uh, the hunt includes we take you out to the stand, bring you back. Mm -hmm. It includes home-cooked meals, lodging. We run 150 bait sites, so I'll have two to three bait sites per hunter. And I have four other guides working for me. Wow. So we take you out, bring you back, skin corner and freeze your bear. Then there's an 800-acre lake across the road from camp. I keep boat motors on. And then I got bait set to hunt coyotes on. So all that uh, keeps the man busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Say, not a small operation. Yeah, yeah. And you said 350,000 acres. Yeah, yeah. Holy cat. Buckets, man. Yeah. That's a lot of land. Yeah, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. A lot of land. What, what, what else do you do up there other than uh, bear hunts? We do moose hunts, but that's by drawing. Okay. And then we do white-tailed deer hunts. Okay. Yeah. thing that I yeah. uh, kind of learned whenever I was in my time up there in Maine was uh, the body weights on your deer are yeah. significantly yeah. Oh, bigger yeah. than ours. Yeah. A lot, of yeah. a lot of the deer will go close to 300 pounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's what I heard. Just yeah. big, big Whoa. deer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I don't have them yeah. quite that big down here. No. no. Yeah. So, Joe, I appreciate this. What uh, For guys that want to book some hunts with you, how can they get a hold of you? Well, through Toma Mountain. That's tomamountain.com. That's T-O-M-A-H Mountain. Yeah. And then the other one in, in uh, Canada is newbrunswickbearhunts.com. Easy enough. Yeah, yeah very Perfect. cool. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Joe. Joe. Appreciate your time. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Rig and Weedless. Hey, guys. We're in the Outfitter Hall with Horn and Antler Safaris. Guys, they're out of New Zealand. And uh, we're with Craig and Jenny. That's right. That's right. So Jenny Craig. Can't Jenny forget. Craig. It's a big thing go. in the United States. <laughs> Want to lose some weight? Come to New Zealand. Jenny it, Craig weight loss. Yes. They start big and then they yeah. end up Well, little. actually, you all go home a few pounds heavier. <laughs> Yeah, we like to feed our people up. We oh, a good time, perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. We like to eat. There you go. So do I. That's why I come to America every year. Hey, there you oh, go. Your portions are really big. I love oh, yeah, it. yeah. Oh, boy. You get to those buffets. Ah, oh, yeah. Yummy. We got plenty of them, yeah. yeah especially the seafood ones. You get, or oh. give him a plate of prime rib and mashed potato, and he's happy. Yeah, uh, we're into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so what can... Uh, it, it looks like there's uh, a lot of different species, a handful of different species, but there's nothing like that 
in our, you know, in the United States. Nope. What are we going to get into whenever we come over to New Zealand? Well, the, the main thing you're going to get into is some of the best scenery you've ever seen anywhere in the world. We've yeah. been ra- rated for the last five years the number one destination to go in the world is New Zealand. Sure. We've always been rated as the best country to, for red stag because we have some of the best genetics in the world uh, when it comes to red stag. So we have the red stag, we have the Himalayan bull tar, we have the alpine chamois. They're both mountain animals, so if you like mountain hunting, you're into sheep hunting over here in the United States and you're looking for an affordable uh, a mountain hunt, well, chamois and tar is the next best thing to hunt big sheep over here. Yeah, and wow. it's a great hunt. We have uh, fallow deer, which is a nice animal. We have uh, Arapua rams. We have alpine goats. We have lots of small game. Great thing about New Zealand is we have no predators, so we have nothing to control the animals bar man. We get to hunt 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day. What? We live in hunting paradise. Are you accepting immigrants? <laughs> Do we take immigrants? Yeah. Uh, Maybe from we, the States? For a wee while. We got this island just off the country, and if you're no good, we put you on there and lock you up so you gotcha, can't get gotcha. off here. Surrounded by sharks, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, it's it's a really great place, and it's a, a friendly place for the family, um, the wife and the kids. It's not all about hunting. It's about uh, bringing the family over, spending some quality time with uh, your loved ones. There's a lot of sightseeing things to do. Just the scenery alone is going to blow you away. We have some of the best vineyards in the world. We've got great wines. We've got awesome beer. We've got all the adrenaline junkie stuff that you could possibly think of. Incredible. If you want to tie a rubber band to your legs and jump off an aer- uh, off a bridge, you can do so. If you want to leap out of an airplane with a plastic bag, you can do so. If you want to jump <laughs> off, uh, you know, go down a river and, and white water raft, we've got that. There's so much to see and do in New Zealand. It's not just hunting. It's it's terrific. No snakes, no spiders, no wolves, no coyotes. It's perfect. No, nothing's going to eat you or bite you, or apart from the locals. You know, yeah. bite right, snow right, right. Bit, but, Long you know, night, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, and, and we're an English-speaking country. It's very safe. It's 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 a great place for the family to come. You know, um, yeah, that sounds it's very safe. Four and a half million people total, and that's between three islands. Most of them live wow. in one city, which is 1.5 million in Auckland. Sure. And then you've got Wellington's a pretty big population, but the whole of the North Island itself is about three million people. The South Island's about 1.5. So wow. South Island's where that's it's great. at, people. That's South wonderful. Island. So when we get into camp and we're say we're looking, what's a a red stag stag hunt kind of? Uh, run us through that situation. How we go about doing it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's really important for people to know that all big red stag hunting in New Zealand is done high-fenced. Okay, it's not free-range. We don't have that quality of animal running around anymore. Um, and then you have different sizes of high-fence. So the operation that we run is 5,000 acres of mountainous country. Flatten it out, God knows. 10,000? I don't know. Um, and it's very challenging terrain. It's not a little 100-acre area or anything like that. So it's very important that people realise that red stag in New Zealand, big red stag in New Zealand is all high fence hunting and you will work for your animal. Sure. So it's, um, we sell them in different score brackets by gross inches. Uh, we created Club New Zealand Red Stag Hunts four years ago, which is four score brackets of red stag combined. We're the only ones in the world doing it. Um, so you get to shoot a red stag from 360 gross inches up to 440 gross inches. The huge stag. Can't and imagine. we do it for one 
flat rate price, whereas okay. everyone else will say, I want a price for 320 to, uh, 360 to 380 it's this much, and then 380 to 400 the price is higher, so on and so on. It's not hunting. We wanted to create hunting. Uh, we want you people to enjoy it, so we created Club New Zealand. It's really well worth looking into. We have a lot of people that have uh, that have come and done it and hunted it, and you know the old saying, oh, it sounds too good to be true. Generally it is, but I'm telling you right now, Club New Zealand, it's it's the real deal. And wow. we created that for hunters so they can come and shoot a stag that exceeds their wildest dreams. Wow. And for a lot less. Is there free range? Yes, there is. There's free range red stag. There's a lot of free range red stag in New Zealand. Um, but they're not big animals. They're little animals. Uh-huh. And like I said, we can hunt 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day. It's pretty tough to get a good free range red stag. You know, my biggest one, I've, and I've hunted my whole life in New Zealand, and my biggest one is uh, 180 gross inches. Hell of a stag. I'm over the moon with it. Yeah. But, you know, meat you're not, mm-hmm. not going to get a great big stag. You're going to get yeah. nice meat for your freezer any time you like. But they're just little animals, little 120s, you know, 160s. Uh, a 300 gross inch wild red stag is a damn good red stag. You can't shoot them every day of the week, though, because, there's, you know, there's not that many of them out there. Great. Yeah. Now, how long would it take somebody to get over to New Zealand from to the fly States, to New typically? Zealand? This is a good question because everyone thinks, because we're at the bottom of the world or one step up, as I like to say, um, <laughs> that it's going to take you forever to get there. Well, it's not. San Francisco, LA, it's 12 hours direct flight, and you're in New Zealand. Wow. I mean, 12 hours from LA or San Fran. I mean, and they're doing it out of Houston now. They are. AirNewZealand.com is where you go and look uh, for flights, and they are talking talking about perhaps direct flights out of New York, which would be great for this neck of the woods. Yeah. Right? So uh, I'd imagine you're going down around Antarctica? No, no, not quite. No, no, you, no. that's coming in through the back door, Jim Bob, and that's going to take you a little longer. <laughs> okay. you, don't, you don't need to go that way. No, you just, yeah, it's, so. It's, okay. You're just, just straight through. Straight through. It's, it's, yeah, straight around. <laughs> yeah. Bypass Australia. This, just yeah, straight through. This yep. round earth thing is killing me. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, hey, we need to go back to the old days where the earth is flat. You know? we, you drop, we drop off the side and we hit New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's the next step down. Sounds so, easy. Oh. No, it's a, it's a nice flight, a um, flight. and it's, it's, not, uh, it's not the big killer everyone's sort of saying. Like, I, I have a lot of friends that go to Africa and hunt. Now, from, from uh, America to Africa, you're 16 hours in an aeroplane yeah. flying. Yeah. From, and, I mean, that's a killer. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah. Holy yeah. hell, that's a killer. Um, they need to put some platform up there in the sky that that plane can land so guys can get out and walk around, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Put a hotel up there or something. But no, it's it's very easy to get to New Zealand. And it's not an expensive place to come to either as far as airfares go. The airlines are always doing specials. You know, we get here every year for a 1,400 round trip. Really? You know, from New Zealand to, to state sure, per sure. person. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a little bit of misconception, if you like, of because we're so far away and we're at the bottom of the world that it's very expensive. The other misconception is that it's very cold down there, they seem to think. My God. God, no, it's cold up here yeah, in America. Yeah. I mean, we our, our, uh, our summers are 35 degrees Celsius, right, which is pretty warm. It's in, what's that, 70s, 80s yeah. Uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. Our winters, we don't have the minuses like you guys, minus 23, 25. Sure. We, you know, minus 10 at night Celsius, what's that, 20, uh, 10? 
10 Fahrenheit? We're not like good that. at conversions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you guys really need to get up with the rest of the world, we guys. Do. I mean, come Kilometers on. You're still in pounds, you're still in gallons. <laughs> you know, New Zealand's millimeters and centimeters and, and kilos and liters. Yeah. I mean, you, eventually you will catch up with New Zealand because we are one day ahead of the rest of the do world. You have stones there. Stones? Yeah. Yeah. Why, you want to throw some at me? No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have stones there. Well, what sort of question is that? Oh, that's, that's a unit of measurement. Stone. Oh, stone. oh, stone. No. Yeah, Kilograms. We have Kilograms. on our, our scales, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Our, our bathroom scales. Yeah, you can go stones, kilograms, pounds, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. No, really oh. the only stones we have are the ones we're going to throw. Yeah, the ones sure. we throw. Yeah. People in you know, glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Oh, sure. You know, yeah, I recommend on. that as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for taking time with us. No worries. And uh, you come back year to year. We do. Every year. Yep. So, yeah. guys, you're listening to this. 12. You know, you got to find our friends from New Zealand, Horn and Antler, uh, our new friends. <laughs> We're keeping new friends. You. We promise we won't throw stones. Yeah. <laughs> We're keeping you guys. So yeah. Thank you so much. Thank hey, you. Hey, everyone's like it in New Zealand. We're very friendly people. Awesome. So it's awesome. a great place. But with us, it's come and have some fun and do a bit of hunting on the side. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys just gained eight best friends. So. Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> We're going to get bugged every year. Look out, people. <laughs> yeah. We're starting the Kiwi radio wave. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We are down here in the Outfitter Hall. We're in row 5,900. And these are real special friends, not only to Rutten River Pursuits, but me and Lacey um, have been coming down here and, uh, and visiting these folks for years. And there's a lot of guides down here. There's a lot of people to talk to, but just really the salt of the earth. Some of the most amazing, beautiful people that you can ever talk to. Well, 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 welcoming and inviting in. And, uh, you know, on this one, Lace, I'm going to give this one over to you. Why don't you, why don't you tell everybody who we have? All right. We're sitting here in the Outfitter Hall. I'm with Hans. He's from Bergsick Game Lodge, and it's in Africa, and he's one of our favorite African guides to talk to. Absolutely. Hi, Hans. How you doing, buddy? Good. Nice to meet you again. Where are you guys out of, Hans? Let's start with um, Let's start with where you're located at. Well, we are located in Namibia, and our owner, Hans, is located central Namibia, just about an hour away from the airport and the capital, Windhoek. That's where we are located, and we run a family-owned business there on 93 square miles. And you've been doing this for a long time, because I've come to the show and I've talked to you guys for years. Oh. Shane, yes, yeah, we've been at this show for 11 years. We have done it from when it still was Reed running the show, and then after the NRA. So, yeah, 11 years and being in the business of professional hunter and game breeding is about 20 years now. That's amazing. And like a lot of a lot of people come down to this show just to see outfitters to book their hunts for the years. You guys have repeat customers. I know that come back to you guys all the time, and and that really proves how much of a great outfitter you are. Well, yeah, um, about 50% of the customers we book every year are repeating customers who come the first time, and then after a couple of years they come maybe two, uh, two every second year or every third year. So that's good to know that at least we do some things right. You do absolutely, Lacey. Whenever we we came here, and we first met Hans, and, we, and uh, we, we talked to Hans. I just want to hit on a fun point, because Lacey loves the cheetahs. Yes. What? I love the cheetahs. You can check 
out their photo books that they have at the booth, and you can actually see their visitors to their lodge, uh, and with the cheetahs, like, pet, petting them and place, visiting with them. The place he always wants a cheetah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we still have that cheetahs. The history of the cheetahs is they had been... Uh, pick up as little baby cheetahs and we had to raise them on the farm and today they are so used to humans we always always take our clients for a day to the to the cheetahs to see how they feed we feed them and they can take photos on them i have to say that's always a highlight of the trip absolutely absolutely hans when people fly into africa tell me um t- tell me what what can they expect where would they fly into and how would they get to you well, to, to fly to Namibia, there's two ways you can do it. You can fly from any airport, airport on the East Coast, like Atlanta, New York, or Washington, D.C., and you can fly to Johannesburg, and then from Johannesburg, it's an hour and 45 minutes to Windhoek. That's about a 17-hour plane trip to Johannesburg and another hour 45 minutes. Or you can break it up more evenly, and you can fly to, via Europe. If you fly into Amsterdam or Frankfurt, then you have a, di- a direct flight from there into Windhoek. I got you. And in the end, it all, almost ends up like 18 hours for both ways. doesn't matter. I got you. What kind of animals in Africa do you guys have uh, to, to specifically in your area to hunt? Well, we have about a plains, plains game is what we offer in our area, mostly plains game. We have about 25 species of plains game, what we can offer, from the kudu, gemsbok, up to eland, waterbok, sable, and around. But altogether, 25 species. And all those 25 species are on our own runs. Um, it is not a situation where if you want to sh- shoot any one of these 25, that you have to drive off long distances to find them and come back. Um, we believe in sustainable breeding populations. We only hunt in sustainable breeding populations, and those animals have been born on the property, grown up, and been, become trophies. We do not believe in the fact that what a lot of people do is they go and buy the animals just before the hunter arrive, the specific animals, and then it's been released on the property and been shot two weeks later. Right, right. We refer to that as put and take, and that is absolute nothing. We don't want to even be associated with put and take. We believe in hunting sustainable breeding populations. Absolutely. And I want to stress that that is very, very important when people do their homework, when they have to decide on an outfit and on a place where to go and hunt. Make sure that you're going to hunt sustainable hunting populations. Yeah, absolutely, because if I'm going to pay money and come travel the whole way to Africa, I want to I want to hunt real, I want to have a real hunt. The animals that grew up there and were born and bred, in, you know, in the wild and, uh, you know, just grew up naturally in the wild, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Hans, real quick, do you have anything like say I'm say I'm coming to Africa for the first time? What kind of things should I do? What kind of things should I do to prepare? Like, there's lots of things that maybe somebody wouldn't think of. Can you give them some kind of an idea of like a checklist? Yeah, there is a checklist. I'm going to mention a few questions everybody can ask every outfitter at the show just to prepare himself better. What, the first question is: Make sure you do your homework and that you talk to the PH who lives in the area, and that it's not just the outfitter who doesn't live in the area and doesn't really know what you're talking about. Make sure you talk to the PH that knows the animals and who has grown up in the area for, of the animals that you want to harvest. And then what we, I think it's very, very important is also make sure that the PH is a rested PH in the com- country where you want to go and hunt. He must be a, a long time a PH in that country with no criminal record and also 
also be a member of the hunting association of that country. Sure. Yep, absolutely. I find that very important. Uh, I think also what's very, very important is when you talk to people, ask them if they do have a reference list so that you can go back, call up those references and talk to them about how they did experience the safari. I mean, by word of mouth, it's always our, was our best marketing and we are pride, proud to tell people, go and contact our references because that is very, very important for people who's going for a first time to Africa or to Namibia for that matter. Sure. One of the questions that I would have coming over to hunt to hunt with you is, so I'm over there and we're having a great time and I harvest a nice animal. Can you tell them how they would get their taxidermy done or maybe ship the animal back? Yes, um, we do have taxidermists in Namibia. I always recommend the people do the taxidermy work in your local, in your own country. Okay. So if we talk about the United States, use United States taxidermists. We will do the, the cleaner, the field preparation and the clean and bleeds by taxidermists in Namibia, and then shop over the stuff, and then the final product must be done by the local taxidermist. That's great advice because I would be lost on that, on what to do. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that would be confusing. Yeah. I think it's just a situation that if you, if the animal has been stuffed uh, in Namibia and it arrives on this side and you're not really happy with some detail in the face or looking too much to the left or the right or straight, you can't change it. No. But if you use a local taxidermist, you can always go up to him and tell him, I, I want it to, to be changed a little bit. I, I, I look, I'm looking for more detail in the face. And then you don't pay him before you are not satisfied with the job. Absolutely. And that goes with anything. Sitting down with the hunting guys here at the Great American Outdoor Show, you can come and sit with Hans, and that's the same thing. I mean, try to get down here to the show, and if I can sit and talk to you face-to-face, get to meet you like I have over the years, I know who I want to hunt with. You know, I know who to trust. I know who's going to, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get if you're going to have the taxidermist do it across the ocean, get it back, and you're right. Now it's too late. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one more question I think people always have to ask is, are they, is this outfit doing multiple safaris or is it only booking one safari at a time? You don't want to just be a number when you arrive on the other side. I didn't you even want, think about that. Yeah. You yeah. want to have, have personal attention because you are new in the country. You don't know what's happening and you don't want to be put out in a truck and there you go and, and there's not really good communication. And good communication sometimes fly out by the window when there's too many people in a sure, car. Sure, absolutely. So single safaris where there's one family or one group is absolutely the best way to go when you book a safari. Gotcha. And one thing I like about their lodge is even if your spouse isn't a hunter, they invite them along too and they can do the photo safaris and things like that as well. And I know his wife would entertain the the female of the group if she doesn't want to hunt. I know we spoke or or the male. Uh, We spoke before about uh, taking trips into local uh, places, uh, markets to purchase uh, souvenirs and things like that. So because you want to go shopping. I do want to go shopping. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think that's what makes Namibia such a perfect destination for first-time hunters or for family safaris. The country is 
The majority of the country is malaria-free, and where we are situated, we are malaria-free. So you can bring your kids, and you don't have to worry about any shots that needs to be taken. And like she said, there is uh, if the family if the family or the wife doesn't want to go and hunt out, there's plenty of other, other things to do. I have to warn you though that if you send your wife or my wife to the shopping, my wife is a professional shopper, so it's going to cost you money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Absolutely. and she's amazing too. Geraldine is amazing. Guys, get down here to the you know the row 5900. We, we've spent a lot of years down here, you know, talking to Hans and uh, even some of the guys. I want to you know if 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 Aaron's ever gets a hold of this podcast and hear it, we want a big big shout out to Aaron's one of your hunting guides, which is a super cool dude. You know, Hans, we really appreciate it, man. I I, I want everybody to come down here, book a hunt with you, go see Africa. If you're if you're gonna do it once in a lifetime, you know, make sure you do it right. Yeah. Do yeah. it right. Do it family oriented and get the experience that you want and, and sit down here. Don't just take my word for it. Sit down here face to face and he'll answer any questions you got. Yeah, I think the most important is you cannot get enough information before you get a made a decision. Be well informed before you finally make a decision because there's a lot of outfitters who will tell you, promise you any anything, yeah, but yeah. They, they can't deliver. So, And that's why I always have a list of questions available for anyone who wants to have them, to take them with them when he walks away from me and ask those questions to every outfitter. It's just so informative and it helps so much more to be better informed. Yeah, and I think that's that just says a lot on its own that he has questions to ask anyone, not only him, just to make sure that you're getting what you're paying yeah, for. Yeah, I've never met another outfitter ever in my life that has a checklist of questions to ask you back. It just shows your level of professionalism. Absolutely. And you can always tell what booth they're at because they have one of the most beautiful booths. They have the dark wood with the zebra inlays and the beautiful tresses with the canopy and the stone veneer. You, you can't miss it. You it's can't miss this booth. Stunning. No, no, it's always one of my favorite. Booth Hans, I really, at. I really appreciate you talking with us, buddy. We, we, we love coming by and seeing you every year, and um, you guys have a safe trip back. So, if um, if people want to find out more about you that can't be here at the show, how would they look you up on on the internet? And well, they can they can go as our website is www.bersaghunting.com. But I think I will also leave a contact number for you so that people can contact you and you can give them all the information. We can do that. Um, yeah, that's the way and uh, if the people don't make it to the show this year we will be next year back at the same place and do you guys have instagram or facebook or any social media like that yes we do have we have a, a marketing manager who runs for us our facebook and our instagram uh, that, there on the back you can see the facebook address and the instagram address maybe it's better if you you yeah. read it out loud to the people nope and that's okay what i really want you guys to do because it is a pretty long facebook page is go right on w www.ruttenriverpursuits.com and I will have pictures of this on my website and you can find this also on my social media outlets on Facebook and Instagram. I'll make sure I get this out so that everybody can see it. Thank you very much, Shane. That's really appreciated. Nice seeing you again. Hans, it's nice seeing nice you. To see Thank Hans. you. Hey, everybody. It's Uncle Buck here. We're in the uh, Outfitter Hall with a special, special uh, guest friend. 
I, don't, I can't even call him a, a guest. It, it, He's it's a, a friend. friend. It's yeah. a, a friendly, friendly even. Fan, amen, Eliza. Fanly. Fanly. He's Fanly. a big fan of the we, show. We are here, and I'm a big fan of them. I love to follow them, especially this past year through the rut, uh, through the deer hunts this year. We're here with West Kentucky Buck Company, Buck Company with Elijah. Elijah, I don't even know Stewart. your last name. Stewart. I, Stewart. I, I just call you family. Elijah. Your family. I don't even. I thought it was Elijah. We don't Buck need last names when you're uh, family. Yeah. But this is what two years now that we've kind of mm-hmm. got to hung, hang out with you all week long. And yep. How, how's your show been going, Bud? Uh, it's been going good. Talked to a whole lot of people. Made a lot of new contacts. So made some contacts in Texas and Oklahoma, and uh, we'll be guiding there as well this year. So. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow, man. That's great. Very cool. So the West Kentucky Buck Company, for people that don't know, where are you based out of? Uh, Christian County, Kentucky. Uh, obviously, that's in western Kentucky. Uh, we are one of the top Boone and Crockett producing counties in the state. We are north of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and Crofton. Yeah. Some of these racks and sheds that you have here at your booth are nothing like I've ever seen here in PA. And I think... I don't want to say is it commonplace, but it seems like it is with your pictures and your social media. You know, the big bucks are where you are. Yep, let them grow. Not shooting them when they're little is the main thing, but they've always got plenty to eat, and so that helps. And just managing your deer herd is yeah. what you're after. How many, what, what, uh, do you lease land? Do you have? Yes, uh, last year we leased around, uh, 2,500 acres. This year it'd be in the neighborhood of 3,500. Wow. Wow. So you're, you're growing. Yep. Every year. Yep. Is the deer managed that well? Is it because you guys are managing it on your property, or is that a, a Kentucky wide thing that it's, I, uh, I know your county's probably special to Kentucky, but it's Kentucky. It, it's pretty well everybody like even uh, like when Kentucky first started being big people were coming from uh, other states and you know they were shooting the biggest deer that they had ever seen which you know some of them were 120s and two and a half year old deer but now that everybody has kind of got over the first biggest deer deal uh, everybody's letting them grow so it's pretty well a statewide statewide thing eastern Kentucky this year was hit hard by uh, EHD fortunately we weren't, but uh, we were, we were, we were lucky to uh, to not have to experience that. But jeez, uh, keep the predators down and just help them out all you can. So, gotcha. Sounds good. So if I if I would book a hunt to come down and see you guys at West Kentucky Buck Company, kind of take me through that. What you know? All right. When so I come when to we, camp, yeah. When we get in the camp, yeah. What what can we expect? So say that uh, you've booked a three-day rifle hunt opening weekend. You'll come in on Friday. Uh, we'll take you down, let you shoot your gun again if you need to to check it. Uh, be hanging up at the lodge on Friday. Uh, have a big supper that night, and your hunt starts the next morning. Uh, we take you to the stand and send you with the lunch or whatever if you're going to plan on staying all day, which is a... Uh, November's the rut, so we encourage everybody to sit all day, um, and then uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you kill one that day and back at the lodge by, by lunchtime. But uh, <laughs> I like the way you think there, bud. Awesome. Now, does your rifle season run over the rut? Like, when is your rifle season? Uh, our rifle season is usually the second Saturday in November, and. Run
to the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So this year it comes in uh, November 10th, and the last day is the 25th. So oh, Very good. Now, when uh, we book a hunt with you, is is there any option to, you know, you're all about the herd management, so I'm sure some doe are taken off. Yeah. Uh, um, is you, there any, you know, you say you shoot that buck first morning, and you're there for a couple days. Can you go back out? Uh, yeah, we. you're allowed one buck and one doe with your tag. Um, if you get... Uh, get ready to shoot a doe or have uh, already killed your buck we will take and put you on a farm that needs doe shot uh, some of our farms don't need any doe shot whether it be uh, the neighbors beside us shoot enough does or whatever but yeah. uh, that's 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 kind of how we do it it's understandable now is it all tree stand hunting is there ground blinds is it a constant? little bit of everything we got uh, tree stands ground blinds uh, box blinds uh, we try to use mainly ladder stands because uh, they're a little bit safer uh, but we do occasionally hunt out of lock-on. Now, when does your archery season start down there? Uh, archery season starts the first Saturday in September, which is a velvet hunt. Uh, last year we were pretty successful. Uh, we had four guys in camp. Uh, three of them killed. The one that didn't ended up missing a 135-inch uh, nine-pointer. Wow. We killed a... Uh, 207 and 5 eighths, uh, 144 and 2 eighths, and a 164 and a 6 eighths. So, wow. Yeah. Will's over here choking. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's choking his numbers. on those numbers cool. over there. Yeah. Golly. Hey, man, that's awesome. So, you, you definitely accommodate for archery, you accommodate from uh, rifle season. Any muzzleloader, like a late season muzzleloader? Uh, yeah, we've or? got an early season muzzleloader in uh, October, which this year and last year it is the. Uh, it's towards the end of October versus being in the middle, which helps out because when it's warm, uh, that can be a tough hunt. We've also got a uh, late muzzleloader hunt in December. It's uh, nine days long, so when it's cold, then deer hungry and up on their feet. So Yeah, that's great. Well, Elijah, thanks so much for coming on, man. We always love to have the West Kentucky Buck Company on the show. It's always good to see you. How can people reach you if they want to book a hunt? Uh, y'all can check us out on Facebook as West Kentucky Buck Company. Instagram is WKBC Outfitters. Uh, our website is WKBCOutfitters.com. And our email is WKBCOutfitters at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Get you some. Yeah. So, listen, I came back down here with Uncle Buck to the camping hall because we walked by we walked by this a couple times, and I thought it had it was like a must-stop. It's Q-Stoves out of Seattle, Washington, and we're talking to Lindsay, is it right? Yeah. Lindsay, nice Hi. to meet you, boss. Nice to meet you. Dude, your innovative creativeness is really captivating here because you, you have multiple design sets here, and you've created all these. I have. So we're here at the Great American Outdoor Show in the camping hall once again. You have to get down and see these. Tell me what we have here. You've got the only gravity-fed wood pellet portable heater in the world. Right. So to give you a quick visual, and I don't mean to compare it, 
But if you were trying to see this in your mind as we're talking about it, the top of it almost looks like the patio heaters exactly. with, them old, with them big propane tanks in them that are, you know, clumsy and hard to, you know, got to fill propane up. You run out of propane. They don't work halfway through your night. Th those types of things. But that's what the top looks like. But the bottom's totally not like that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a 20-pound hopper that holds uh, that holds wood pellets for heating. And then it's gravity feeding down two tubes, and then it basically comes together right in the burn chamber, right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And that causes a backup into the pellets so they don't keep rushing down into the burn chamber. You're going to light that manually because igniter's wheel will go out, and there's mm -hmm. um, no other problems that, that I can think of not having all that those electronics in there. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, be the better that you can just do things simple, the better. Yep. Right. That's how this whole thing was meant to be. So when you light it, pellets burn 99.7% uh, efficient. So they basically turn into dust when I they're I have finished. heard about that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So when, uh, so when they burn, they turn into nothing. New pellets are falling on top of that flame until it's empty. It runs like an hourglass or a bird feeder-like. Sure, absolutely. So what I want you guys to do while we're talking, while we're talking and you're listening to this, jump over to our social media page. We'll have a couple of pictures of these on at ruttonriverpursuits.com and uh, we'll actually uh, put a couple pictures at Rutten River uh, on Instagram. Yeah. So anyhow, tell me, it's really, I mean, it's really neat. You actually came up with this uh, idea and processed this at your place. Like, you made this, you made these yourself at your place. I had a few prototypes. Yeah. This is my fifth version and um, because I found a failure in all of the ones prior. Right. If it's going to fail, break it and make it better. Find yeah. out where the weaknesses are. And I couldn't get this unit to fail. The fifth, the, the Q05, the Q Flame 5, I just couldn't get it to fail. Kicking it over, you know, bumping it with the car, knocking it over, even the flame didn't even come out the door. That's why the door is designed with a slide instead of a latch. And um, it, it just... I basically beat everything out there on the market. I'm 72,000 BTU. I've got the longest burn rate for any other heater out there. Uh, there's a, My competitors are putting wood pellets into trash cans every 10 minutes. This is burning for four hours by itself. And or, that's 20 pounds. And it's 20 pounds. I had the that's hopper extensions, mm -hmm. and now I've got sleeves that will carry a full bag of 40 pounds, and I'm going 8 to 10 hours. I'm sleeping all night now. Yeah. And if I sit this out on the back patio, and I'm having a party at nighttime and it's chilly outside. If we're all if we're all being around this thing, is everybody in, around it going to get you know good bit of warmth off of? Oh it? yeah, yeah. I've got a ten foot heating radius. Really, I'm melting snow in those kind of in those kind of patches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is a head to toe burn. Not like propane where it's just all around at the top and yeah, you got to stand is. next to it. Right. This is head to toe sitting by the sitting by it, seeing a flame, and which adds to the luxury. Adds the to the luster of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to make it feel. I, I had to make it just raw to where you could see the flame, feel it, because that's how a campfire makes you makes you feel inside. Mm -hmm. So it's got that wood uh, essence to it. Oh, I was gonna ask you real quick. Mm. Do you get the Do you get the good smell, the aroma of some good wood pellet out of it? You like do, a, like a campfire. You do. Yeah, oh, that makes it ten yeah. times better. Yep. Don't use the Traeger pellets. It's only gonna make you hungry if you use them. Yeah. <laughs> good friends, right. Traeger. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We've actually we've got a barbecue attachment and we've thrown the, the, the food grade pellets.
that's in there when uh -huh. we're cooking. The barbecue, if you're going to make a frozen pizza real quick, it makes it a wood-fired pizza. It makes really? it that's more it enriches it a lot. So. so I can actually take this grill, pop it off, put the other top on it, and I have the patio heater, the the deck heater, the the party heater with a grill accessory. With a grill accessory. With a grill accessory, it just replaces the top two sections of the chimney. How can now you this beat is that? No, I, you can't. this is grill temperature. This isn't meant to replace your smoker or whatnot. Right this on. goes from like 350 degrees all the way up to 700. I got you. And so it does not compete with smokers at all. Correct, but it still gives you that nice wood wood flavor. You can put your flavored woods in there. I, I, I'm, I'm following you. I still, yeah, still I'm run out and throw you, burgers on that thing. Heck whatever. Yeah, steaks, you yep. name it. I mean, golly. I, I see another stainless steel accessory. Oh, what yeah, is that? That's my favorite. That's yeah. my favorite right here. What this is is right out of the gate. My wife drinks a lot of tea and coffee and whatnot, and so I made this big, giant flask. It holds about a liter and, and a half. that's what I was just going to say. Folks, You, this is the biggest stainless steel flask I've ever seen. You like yeah. it, don't you? And I like it. This is like truck stop stuff. Yes. So we put a spout on it because right at the height that it sits on in the back of the unit, you can put a big 16-ounce uh, cup underneath it, a pot or something. You can wash your hands. But, um, yeah, it just heats up the water. It gets to a boil in here. Oh, I'm well, sure. If you have spare heat at the bottom of this, why not use it? Right, right. And that's why I didn't make it to where the, the, the top needed to be used for water when I've got that back. And plus, it's a flask. It's cool. Everybody it's, likes this. It's Paul Bunyan's flask oh, dude, is what it awesome. is, guys. Yeah, this thing's hanging off of the blue ox. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it's got a little latch on there at the top, so it's hinged. And uh, when it's boiling, it gives a lot of steam out, and it kind of it kind of gives a little rattle to it. I love it. Yeah. Like grandma's house. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so I we made this, and it worked first day out. You first could, try. incredible. Is this that is so cool. Is this portable unit, is it something that's easily taken down and taken with you? Oh, yeah. The whole thing only weighs 66 pounds. Mm -hmm. So you can lift off the chimney section, break it down in four pieces, and then the handles pull out, and then you just pick it up. Oh, yeah, I see the handles. So you can take this camping with you. You can, you can have hot water and a grill with you and a night heater. Yes, absolutely. This thing fits in the back seat of a Honda Accord. I wish I would have thought of this, Buck. Why didn't I think of it? Uh, I, catfish, it would have been no more cold nights at the river. This is just another example of a vendor with one of those head-slapping inventions. But he did it. and they. But, he, yeah, he followed through with his dream and put it into reality. Lindsay, yeah. this is awesome. This now, is I see, man. like, is that like an ash arrestor at the top? You got some screen in there. Is that yeah. Well, you got to have some safety. And, yeah. um, you know, it, 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 there's really no spark or smoke or... Because of the wood pellets. Because of the wood pellets. But... That, gives, that even just gives it the, the the aesthetic safety look. In case, I mean, not even that I think that you would need that, but it does give it that look of, yeah. Every now and then you see a little shooting star come out. Well, ain't that everything that's yeah. on fire? Yeah. yeah, it does that to everything. But, yeah, this thing really gives you a little nostalgic feel. I kind of made it look like a uh, like a potbelly stove in yeah. the modern time. I like how you did the laser cutout on the, on the up pipe, uh -huh. too, on yeah. the smokestack. Yeah. That made it really cool. Yeah. Now, that can be um, that can be laser shot into something else. So if your football team or your store, your last your family name, R2 so these are customizable. Then yeah, put yeah. R two in there. R two yep. with the oh man. Uh, you know what would be really cool for this? You know, and I'm just I'm just shooting out loud here. The way that my brain thinks is, the you know, uh, people that are building hunting camps and even mo and mobile homes now out of them cargo containers. Mm -hmm. the, while you're building, I mean. 
I honestly think that this would be an amazing thing for, you know, uh, not not even just a, start, a starter way to heat the place, but a it's, mobile hunting camp, this thing would be perfect. It's a camp stove. Yeah, we're getting a lot of activity from guys that are, you know, staying out in, in the forest and on their camp trips for days on end. Wall tents, it's perfect for yeah. because nobody's got to wake up. And for shops and garages, for uh, just, you know, anything but the living room right is basically yeah. drywall and, and, uh, and carpet, not so much. This thing gets pretty hot, and it's ventilated. It needs the ventilation. But I could on. throw it on the concrete pad on in the garage. Oh, of what, course. What, what, do I need to run the pipe out the wall? Um, Probably be the best. But it would be the best. But it's got an adjust. It's got four sections to the chimney. So if you need to bring the deflector down height-wise, you can knock this thing down a foot at a time, or you know, 30 inches, yeah, yeah. and then keep it snubby. Man, Lindsay, you got it. You got a gym here, that's for sure. It was a lot of thought went into this, and a lot of time. How can people get a hold of you? How can they get online and order one of these? We're, we're late in the show. It's going to be hard to get them down here right now. Sure. But but how can they reach out to you to get one of these fine stoves? Real simple. I, you can find me anywhere. My uh, website www.qstoves.com. That's on the capital contact. Q. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Capital Q stoves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the contact page has my cell phone number, my email address, and that's basically the way to get a hold of me anywhere I'm at in the world. Alrighty, everybody, take a look at our our web our 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 two websites for pictures. Take a look at uh, Q Stove's websites to get even more information and contact information out there, folks. This is an incredible. Pro- if you do product. get down here tomorrow, come check them out. They're uh, I call this the camping hall, or it's also called outdoor the, uh, lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, they're in 3300 row. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This well, is, thanks for sharing, buddy. That's uh, a super it. innovative. Uh, I'm, dude, I'm real proud of you, man. That's freaking. That that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing it with all of your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. See you. Hey, guys. We are down here at the Pink Rack Project at booth 4312. These guys have an awesome message that they're putting out there, and it's all for a great cause. I'm here with Jake, Lacey, and... Bobby. Bobby. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about what the Pink Rack Project is and and how it got started. All right, so here at the Pink Rack Project, we're raising money to help women who are battling breast cancer. Instead of the money going towards research like most companies do, we're working hand-in-hand with the women and the family, help covering medical costs, gas, groceries, any household bills they might have, anything we can do to help make the process easier on them and their families. That's awesome. And how did it get started? So I started this six years ago. My background is actually working in a cancer center, and I lost my stepmom. She was 46 years old to breast cancer. So I wanted to do a one-time fundraiser, and that one-time fundraiser took place six years ago. We raised enough money to save Kelly's house from foreclosure. From that point on, we were invited to other events, and it just snowballed into what it has become today, and now we help women nationwide from our shows and through the sales of our products. That's awesome. And you guys have a full range of products, anything from the rubber bracelets to T-shirts, tank tops. I think I bought hoodies from you guys before, decal stickers. We have pretty much anything you could imagine or want, and it all goes to support those women who are battling breast cancer. That's perfect. And it is really good-looking clothing, too. It's not just your run-of-the-mill, and it's nice quality as well. The fit's really good as well. So, Thank you. Absolutely. 
Um, so as a mammography tech, uh, this is a company that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I really like you guys' message and what you're doing, and I just think it's a really awesome organization. Uh, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. It's the most commonly diagnosed cancer, and it's the second leading cause of cancer death among women in the United States. Uh, each year, there's about 252,000 women that are diagnosed with 40,000 uh, fatalities from it. So just in the U.S. alone, we have 3.3 million breast cancer survivors. Um, and not I know a lot of people think breast cancer is just a women's thing, but men also do get it too. Thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. That um, now, it's not quite as common in men, of course, but uh, there's about 2,400 cases of breast cancer diagnosed in males every year, only 460 fatalities, so it's a little less lethal for the men, but still important for men to get checked out too. I perform mammograms on males as well. Um, it's just a little bit more pushing and pulling them into the machine. Uh, but a couple of risk factors for breast cancer, obviously the number one risk factor is being a woman. Race also plays a factor. Caucasians are a little bit more high at risk. Age also, two out of three women are diagnosed after the age of 55 with the invasive type of cancers. Early menses, late menopause, hormone replacement therapy, not having any children, and also having the family history and the gene mutations is also a big player. Um, but the technology that's out there these days, they have really awesome machines now. I know the facility that I work at at the local hospital has the 3D imaging. We have the Hologic Selenia Dimensions Genius 3D. Um, and I know a lot of women kind of come in, they don't really know anything about 3D, and it really is an awesome machine. Now, unfortunately, it's still compression. That, that didn't go away, and that's most people's biggest complaint. It's still the same positions, the top to bottom, side to side pictures we've always done, but with our new machine, it is going to take, instead of one singular picture, multiple slices of the breast. It's about a 3.7 second exposure, and the machine does like an arcing motion across the breast when you're in compression. So it's kind of similar to a CAT scan, where it looks at the body part in layers or sections. Awesome. It's just so much more thorough of an exam, especially for people that have that really dense or fibrocystic breast tissue. With the machine that we have, it's about 40% uh, reduction in callback rates for additional pictures and is actually able to detect uh, breast cancer a lot earlier. I think when the rep was in with us, um, it was 20 to 65 percent more invasive breast cancers compared to just the regular standard mammogram alone that it's catching. So really awesome technology that we have these days. So I encourage people, you know, don't be in denial. If you think there's a problem, seek your doctor. You know, there's, there's no reason in today's technology to not get yourself checked. There's many programs out there if you don't have insurance that will give you the free mammogram. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Your products or anything else um, you do or well, any the, other the stories? The products are fantastic, but the, the most important part is getting our message out there. So, I mean, early detection is great, but if you happen to be one of those thousands of women battling breast cancer, there's groups out there, including ourselves, that are there to help. We're here to offer the support. We travel 
around, we've dedicated our lives to doing this to simply help others. And so you can reach out for help. You can find us at pinkrackproject.com. You can also email us at bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E, at pinkrackproject.com. We have an application that you can reach out for. We'll get it sent out to you in the mail or via email, whatever is the most convenient, and get you in line for assistance through our programs. Sounds awesome, guys. Want to talk about the new thing we've been doing with the donations? Yes. Go ahead. So instead of the donations, we raise, we're trying to find a family at each show that really needs the assistance. This year, the first day at the show, we met a family. Um, it's a guy's mother-in-law. She's on her fourth bout with breast cancer, double mastectomy. Wow. She's got medical bills piling up left and right. No other organization is helping her with any of her bills. Wow. This week, all the money we're raising, we're giving directly to them at the end of the show. Wow. That's awesome. So, and, that, and that's just through the generosity of the people who have attended the Great American Sports Show. So our cash donations we try to leave in each city. That's on top of what we donate through the sales of our product. So what Jake was talking about is just the generosity of the people who have come and attended the show this week. And we're projecting that we're probably going to be able to donate $1,000 to this family. That's and awesome. that is just the generosity of the people who have come here to the show, that which is, is incredible. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, and it's kind of something that brings us to the show every year is that sense of community. It's We see a lot of these same faces every year. And yes. It's, it may seem big, but it's still a tight-knit community. It is a very small community. Yeah. And when we come together, we come together big. Yes, and, and it's awesome organizations like yours that offer that support to people when they're in their biggest time of need. That is what makes all this awesome and what we do makes it awesome for us too absolutely guys if you can't make it down here to the great american outdoor show check the pink rack project out on their website and donate there or make a purchase there and uh thanks again for coming on guys we appreciate it we also have facebook as well if you want to look facebook all social media outlets Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. We're wrapping up the show. You know what? It is Sunday. It has been an incredibly long show. We had a blast here at the Great American Outdoor Show in 2018. I saved one of the best for last. My new brother, my new Uncle John. Uncle John is like family to us now. We're down here at Swamp Creek Calls, and we're in the game call hall. And if you look around, not just not just at Uncle John's place, uh, a lot of the a lot of the call makers here, a lot of their stuff's bare. They're sold a lot of stuff, so it's been a really great show. The NRA did a great job again this year. You have a you have a good diversity of calls, Uncle John. I mean, I have my own personal favorite. The, the one that I like to personally hunt with is the multi-predator call. It's a small call. People look at it and go, hmm, that, that really don't do much. But Jeez, yeah, it, does. it does everything. And uh, so I, I'll take a picture of this on my social media in Rutten River so that you can see this call. It is one, it's my personal favorite to, to fox hunt with, uh, coyote hunt with. It does everything, but Uncle John, what else do you got here, buddy? What all do you should? What all I've do you got have? Glass calls over slates, two siders mostly. They rock a turkey anywhere in the United States. I'm out of Somerset County, Pennsylvania. We've got a lot of great turkey hunters. Okay, and uh, the birds are pressured. Nobody's having any problems killing birds with my calls. Okay. Good. 
and I've got my calls all over the country, okay? So, uh, Florida, I get people sending me pictures from Florida, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma. I've got them in New York, Virginia, Vermont, which I didn't even realize they had a lot of turkeys. Vermont and New Hampshire's coming on big time. Good. I yeah, got New my England. calls in Quebec. New England's uh, population's been picking up, so Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yes, surprise sir. me at all. Yeah, but the calls work anywhere if you just take a little bit of time to play the call. And my glass calls all run wet with aluminum, okay? Uh, they'll run soaking wet. You can take full bore water and run on them, and they will run forever. Okay? Absolutely. I actually killed a really nice bird with one of your aluminum calls. <laughs> yep. But uh, I have uh, a lot of custom wood pot calls as well, and they rock a bird too. Uh, I've got a lot of predator calls, locator calls. I'll do a demo here on a crow call. Okay. Yeah, okay. Check this out, folks. Break your pocketbook, okay? I'll tell you what. I hope that comes through as good in uh, in the microphone as it does in my ears <laughs> through these headphones because it's amazing. True crow. I locate with it. I also hunt crows, okay? All right. Here's an owl call. Very affordable call, okay? Check it out. I can't flutter my tongue in this call. If you can, it'll rock this call, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anywhere in the country, okay? A little squirrel call. Okay. Basic squirrel. I got guys knocking squirrels with that two or three of the clip. I, I have one of these as well. I need one I, of those two weeks ago, but <laughs> Oh, I drive the squirrels nuts in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yipper howler for coyotes. You predator hunters out there. Uh, I know the fox pros work here, but I've been hearing a lot of conversations from real experienced coyote callers, and they say that the digitals are kind of phasing out. Yeah. The mouth-blown calls seem to be it this year. Absolutely. Well, not only that, but it just feels it, it feels really good inside if you can call and communicate with the animal. If you can call it in with a, with a mouth call, right? you know, I, I have nothing against electronic calls. I hunt with them. But if I can do it with a mouth call... It's a little more it, Personal. It means a little more personal. Absolutely. A lot like turkey hunt with a slate call. Yeah, you run that call versus pushing the button. It means something different. Yep, absolutely. Yes, What's that one sound like, Uncle John? This is a yipper howler. Young dog, old dog. There's also a uh, goose in here. Okay, very affordable call. So you don't How do you break fit them all in that little piece of plastic Check there? That's out. amazing. Here we go. Here's a young dog. That's a young dog. Extended tube. You have a lo uh, an old dog in here. You'll pick a little rasp up. The goose. <laughs> and there's a bull elk in this call as well. Oh, get out. All, all one call. All one call, ladies and gentlemen. You shouldn't eat oranges when you play these calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just eating oranges. <laughs> the multi-predator, the catfish likes. Man, there's a when demo you, on this. You run this thing, it's amazing. I want to hear this. It, this it's is hard great. on it's predators. Hard on my favorite call to hunt, to hunt dogs with, absolutely. Gotcha. Here we go. To that pond, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's it There's right there. Alligator woodpecker. Yep. They come out and smack. I mean, that that's the call that I use. Do wait, John. Do that again, Uncle John. Do that one more time. Four foxes in one night just doing just that. Doing that. Call. Just that's doing amazing. that call. Yep. Yep. That sounds awesome. Then we have a songbird and a mouse on the small end. Get blow. 
flip it around, you have a Mac Daddy on the big side. And this is a small call. It's only about it. it's only about two and a half inches long, and uh, he has just a few left down here, guys. I mean, I know it's Sunday, so if you're going to hear this, you're not going to be able to make it to the show. But Uncle John, where can they find you at if they want to buy these products? Because we got a lot of other calls that we can cover here. You got to go check out everything that he's got. I, I have a website, www.swampcreekgamecalls.com, and you can send these out if people buy them online. You I can send, send them right them to their house. Yes, sir. So and. Uh, uh, proof is in the pudding, guys. I've knocked foxes down with this call myself. Uh, I've killed a turkey with Uncle John's calls. I keep coming back every year, and that's why we're family, buddy. You make some of the best stuff in the industry. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. John, thank you very much. I appreciate it. What a great way to wrap up the show down here. Um, I don't know if we're really going to get to many other people. Uh, we got some family here, but, you know, Uncle John's where it's at. Go see Swamp Creek calls. Swamp 3803. 3803. Yes, if, if you're on your way here, otherwise, check them out online. SwampCreekGameCalls.com. Yes, sir. Thanks, Uncle Thank John. You, John. Thank you. Thank you.